and welcome to Contest of Content. <laughs> the podcast where every episode we pit a beloved TV show and a beloved movie against each other in three high stakes and utterly stupid battles to the death. Our guest judge will choose which contender reigns supreme. The winning champion will receive a bowl of porridge. A bed that is neither too firm nor too soft. And a complimentary mauling from a nice little bear. Oh, that's great. I'm Nick Kaminsky. And I'm Shelby Sweeterman. And this week's guest is a comedian, a nail artist, and a person with only one name. So you gotta know her. It's Dicey! (laughs) Dicey! Yay! Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This is this sounds hilarious, so I can't wait. Hey, okay. I'm. I think that's a great way to start off. Honestly, it makes me feel good. Other, I think you're the only person we've had on the podcast with one name other than um, Homer, the uh, <laughs> the Greek poet. The Greek poet, and he was a yeah. tough judge. Let me tell he you, he was honestly he was a little drunk. And he was not nice. <laughs> well, he got true. he got a little uh, lost in the wine dark sea, if you know what I mean. I'm a little drunk, but I'm yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank we, you for being honest. Right. I'm just a little high on cough syrup, but that's it. <laughs> We've definitely gotten to the end of episodes where Nick is pretty much too drunk to be recording a podcast. No, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just by the end of the episode. Right, right That's not right. true. It's been halfway through, and it's like, oh, Nick. <laughs> Nick, it's what really are you doing? Because, you know what? Nick's, Nick's a nice person, so he'll just start mm. asking just a lot of questions to the uh-huh. guest about, like, different their opinions about movies and television, and it'll go on for a long time. <laughs> But I'll still find a way to interrupt them a whole bunch while asking them all these questions. Dicey, how are you doing over in Texas? You're you're all the way over there now. Well, you know, three days ago, it was snow everywhere. And now I'm sitting out here on my parents' patio or whatever this is by the pool. And it's 80 degrees. It's, well, it feels like yeah. it's 80. So it's probably... It looks beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you look like... You look like promotional materials for the uh, the like new version of weekend at bernie's like a yes. you know beach resort or is that the second mm, yeah <laughs> you're like at the beach somehow <laughs> there's a pool i know but you look so comfortable you have these beautiful big sunglasses on the sun is shining your skin is glowing Thank you would you. never know that it was freezing like three days ago and yeah, the whole state literally didn't have power. freezing yeah everything was iced over it was crazy during that time did you get a chance to watch any fun movies or television shows you know what i've been mm. watching a lot of comedy specials um but also i'm oh, nice. catching up on the handmaid's tale and my new favorite show mm. is on netflix mm. and it's called um firefly lane have y'all heard of that Firefly Lane, that's the one with Sarah Chalk and uh, uh, Catherine Heigl. Yes, yes. Yes. So good. It's such a good good? coming-of-age story. It reminds me of Beaches. It reminds me of Beaches a lot. Like, yeah, if you ever saw Beaches. Who who Mm -hmm. else? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's something like that, but it's just good. It's just just really good. And I put it on because I was trying to go to sleep. I was 
just finished watching a comedy special and put that on and then I ended up staying up watching five episodes. I stayed up till five in the morning watching. So <laughs> I don't know how many I have left, but it's only one season. Yeah. Uh-huh. It really now got you. Wait. You were like, this was supposed to be a sleep show. Yes. But, but now it's taking over. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Get you, you just okay. did that, right? You just stayed up all night? I stayed up late watching, watching or finishing the latest season of Search Party. That's what I did the other night. Hmm. Nice. That's a good it's good. Show, so. Search party is good. Search party. I keep thinking it's gonna like be too much or too ridiculous, but it's not. They do it. No, they do it really good. All right. So it. Firefly Lane, <laughs> Search Party, and I've been watching old uh, clips on YouTube of Guy Fieri uh, diners, dive ins, and drives. So uh, <laughs> yeah. those are your three recommendations for today. That's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we've got we've got three. TV shows recommendations, which I guess is a new segment we're doing. Uh, it's a new segment we're doing. Thank you, Dicey, for inspiring. <laughs> yeah, that sure, let's sure. segue that into the three battles that we have today. We're going to be battling in the three categories of what are they titillating? Ooh, titillating. That's a good one. Unrealistic Ooh. couple and animals doing human things. Oh, cute. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Let's introduce those picks because I'm really dying to find out what Nick selected for this. Okay. So Shelby, do you remember last week when uh, Niles pulled the, the the categories and the first one that we pulled was unrealistic couples and we both had a chuckle and you said, oh, I would pick Chef. Because, yeah. you know, that movie with John Favreau where he, you know, and we all we all laughed and went, yeah, that movie has unrealistic couples. Well, it got me thinking about what my pick should be. And it's uh-huh. Chef. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you really got it right off the bat. It was the yeah. first and last thought I had. I, yeah, I even Googled at one point, like, movies with unrealistic couples, just, like, to see what else there was, and that made it on every single list that I looked up, so I went, like, why mess with success? Just first idea, best idea. Dicey, have you seen Chef? No. Do you know what Jon Favreau (laughs) looks like? I do know what he looks like. Yes, yes. Right. Okay. And do you know Good. what Scarlett Johansson looks like? Do you know what everyone else in that movie looks I do, like? I do know what they all look they, like. Yes. I saw. Yeah. I saw a couple of clips. Mm-hmm. You saw not. a couple. Of, oh, right. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, I'll get and in. I yeah, like, I sent you a clip. And then I, w- I went awesome. to the IMDb page and like read up on. You know, I did like a little. Yeah. Clip fast little thing. Yeah, of course. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. You did research? It's a really good premise. Thank you so much for doing research. It's so kind yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, it's... Shelby, have you seen it? Chef? Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's a good... It's... It's enjoyable. Yeah. I don't think it's a good movie, but I think... I'll, I'll talk about it, but it's, it's an like enjoyable thing to watch. I do like to watch people cook. Yeah. Yes. So that's yes. nice. There's something soothing yes. about it. Yeah, but just so we're all aware of what John Favreau looks like. Yeah, he's totally out of her league. Yeah, yeah, he's so much better looking than <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. <so. laughs> For my pick, 
I know in the past few episodes, it's been a while since we've really spotlighted the baby xylophone, who is an important part of every episode. Very important. Um, And we hear the baby xylophone every episode making noises, but we haven't really talked a lot about the baby xylophone, so I wanted to let the baby xylophone introduce my pick today. Um, But the baby xylophone is very nervous and maybe didn't practice this as much as it should have. (laughs) So so (laughs) I'm going to let the baby xylophone introduce the pick but keep in mind it is nervous all right okay go on go on it's okay there we go i got it right that time or, I mean, the baby's elephant did. <laughs> okay, it's Game of Thrones. I did that it. was such a good job! That was so the good! The baby's elephant is very appreciative. How long did it take you? <laughs> thank you, to thank learn you, that. thank you. <laughs> um, a couple minutes <laughs> this morning, I figured it out. Do you play piano? Or I mean, anything? the baby's elephant figured it out. No, I played saxophone when I was uh, in. Uh, in <laughs> Middle and high school. So I do have like a little bit of musical knowledge. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was yeah. so good. That was instantly recognizable. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. I'm so, so glad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew, like, after the pause, after the second note, when you went done, done, yeah. and then there was a pause, I was like, oh, motherfucker, let's go hang out with Davos and let's go, <laughs> like, I mean, when we're talking titillating, we got to talk about Game of Thrones, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, titillating. Yeah, very titillating. I mean, literally so many breasts. Yeah, there are a lot. Daisy, have you seen Game of Thrones? You know what? The crazy thing is I only saw the last season of Game of Thrones. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That was an interesting time to come into, uh, you know. And uh-huh. it was only because I was in Joshua Tree with crazy white people who, um, Oh, that's you know. the place to watch it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, so I, but I was actually- Of course, really, of course there were. I was really into it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe, like, how I said, and it's just, the, it's so gory. I mean. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. worked on Game of Thrones. I worked on the show. Um, what? Maybe- for a couple of weeks, yeah, in um, in LA, and um, the one of the producers has a chicken farm, and so she brings eggs every single day to set. And <laughs> these, I don't know how many chickens she has, but there's literally there's so many eggs, and they were so good. And even after I stopped working there, I she would still give me eggs. Like they were the best, and I don't. And eggs make my stomach. You still got like those it. Game of Thrones eggs. I got the Game of Thrones eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so she would just bring. It would just be like dozens of eggs out there for the cast, and you know, for everybody. It was so good. That's like my dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> to have a chicken farm or what? Eggs this yeah. morning. To have like a like okay, so if she has eggs that are like humanely raised chickens, and you could just get eggs whenever. I love eggs, and I yeah. but like you oh do. my gosh, I was 
just eating eggs and thinking about how great it would be for someone to just give me eggs from like their chickens, you know? Yeah. So you are really living the dream. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the, the eggs are all different sizes. That's so funny. I bet you. I bet you those yolks were orange as hell. They were the most orange. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Ever orange, orange. Like, I mean, just delicious eggs that you would just want to eat just by themselves. Like, just. Put a little salt and pepper on them and just like go to town. I mean, and you know, I, I heard mm-hmm. that once we get eggs in the store, sometimes they they're like nine months old and they're they're super old. Like yeah, but these oh, mm-hmm. and and they're not the same size. They're not the same color. Some of them had feathers. You know, like just it was real cool. So whoa, yeah. Oh and to gosh. and to think that they were hatched in Westeros just makes it so much cooler. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> that's so oh, funny i'm super jealous of you now <laughs> yeah. we're gonna if we ever meet up in person if it's ever possible i'm gonna need that egg hookup like just yeah. one, get save me just one egg <laughs> yes i will i definitely one, just one fried egg she'll be happy thank you we're we're bonded now we yeah <laughs> the, the yolk bond mm-hmm <laughs> Surprisingly, this is this is honestly still so far light on the egg talk for an, for your average episode of Contest of Content. We're an egg heavy podcast, I see. Mm. <laughs> we love that good cholesterol. Hilarious. When you said yeah. you were working on uh, Game of Thrones, I was hoping maybe you were like the person who gave everyone their Starbucks and you just like didn't give a shit and you just left those everywhere. That's a joke because they had the cup of Starbucks in the episode and everyone got mad at them. Let's move on. Right. <laughs> I was that person though. That's that's all I was doing. Oh. I knew, it. I knew it. Thank you. But the show would have fallen apart without your help. It wouldn't have, it's I'm just sure. no way they would have even able yeah. to uh, yeah. I don't know how they did the other the previous seasons without me, you know, so Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they should have had you around more. I mean, I think since you started working on the show, they should have kept it going. We're like, oh, we're gonna end this show, but instead mm. We're just gonna yeah. give more power over to Dicey, um, yeah. and see see what she can do with yeah. it. Honestly, yep. Dicey, I would much rather watch a version of Game of Thrones that you made with uh, oh, no knowledge of the previous seasons at all <laughs> yeah. than the version that David Benioff and DP Weiss did. That's hilarious. <laughs> And yeah, that wouldn't that be interesting? I'd watch that show. I like it's like you know where it. Yeah, I have to try to figure a lot. Uh-huh. Of stuff. You know where it ends up, and now it's up to you to come up with seven seasons worth of storyline <laughs> on how they get there. I see. I'd watch the fuck out of that show. Wow, that's a great idea. Well, so- uh, Game of Thrones versus Chef. They are so similar in so many ways. Yeah, battle, get to it. battle. You you start. You know that right? Oh. Like- yeah, I know, but I thought we were going to get a... Uh, is the baby xylophone tired? Is it, is it... I wanted a... I know I have one, but... Well, it is a baby. That's true. Exactly. It is a baby. It needs little naps. Yeah, you have your own. I don't know why. All right. Okay, titillating. <laughs> Chef, the, the 2014, written by, directed by, starring John Favreau vehicle, because basically he wanted an excuse to hang out with Roy Choi and learn how to cook. Like, honestly, right. John Favreau just turned like 45. And I think he just was like, you know, I think I, I'd like to learn how to cook. So he made a movie of it basically, which 
Honestly, not a horrible idea. Have you guys ever had Kogi Tacos in L.A., the Roy Choi uh, food truck? No. I do. It's good. Sounds good. It's pretty good. But I'm good. vegetarian, so I couldn't eat a lot. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's not as much fun because, mm-hmm. Shelby, you're a vegetarian, too. So, you, I mean. Yeah. It's honestly not as much fun if you can't get, like, the Korean short rib burrito, <laughs> which is, yeah. like, really good. But titillating. I know that we just spent 40 minutes talking already about <sighs> about how rectangularly shaped and huge but still soft Jon Favreau is. But, um... <laughs> There's still there's still like some good titillating things happening in the movie. I don't know how you guys feel about this. I don't know how you two ladies feel about it, but I don't like it when people say food is sexy. Yeah. I'm not really I don't like I just I don't think like I love food. I I Shelby yesterday called me a foodie because I would rather uh put my Totino's pizza rolls in the oven than microwave them. So clearly I care about fine dining, but like, I just don't think food is like, I just don't like it when people say food is like sexy. Like, I feel like I want to keep the things I fuck and the things I eat separate. So I've Mm. never been, but you don't think there's anything sexy about like a a medium rare steak or like a rare steak. There's nothing sexy about like, I think it's cutting it open and seeing pink in there. Whoa. I think <laughs> Wow. I didn't think you about You did that. make it. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it's beautiful. I think it's like mesmerizing. And I think it's mm. like my, fa- it's one of my favorite things. I mean. Here's what it is. Dicey. Uh, something you don't know about Nick is that he finds himself absolutely <laughs> disgusting. And I think that the amount that he loves food and him eating food makes him feel so gross that he can't associate it with sex. <laughs> wow. Well, I need to call my therapist and tell her how she's been slacking. I was going to say she just analyzed you like getting like getting shit. That's how I roll. That's what I do. I she come really in did. here. I emotionally manipulate my co-host. <laughs> I like it. I'm here for it. It's cheaper than therapy. So regardless of the fact that I don't really think like f- like food is like sexy, they do call it food porn for a reason mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it is kind of mm-hmm. sexy. So even if like you're right, and I, I mean, Dicey, you just said like a like a pink steak, yeah. and now I'm thinking about sex, and so you 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 just proved me wrong. So food <laughs> is kind of sexy it's at least titillating and i don't know if you guys knew this but titillating means like mild arousal so it doesn't necessarily mean like i want to fuck right now but it's kind of like like a little like like a like the graze of a breast maybe more subtle so um it's disgusting i know but this movie is food porn like if you're gonna watch this movie if you're gonna watch chef you're gonna watch it because the the food porn is really 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 good at the very start of the movie, it's just him doing mise en place, and you can tell how hard John Favreau had to train to be able to cut onions that quickly. But like, that's really nice. And then he makes a, a grilled cheese sandwich for his kid. Ooh, that grilled cheese sandwich, Shelby. Do you remember that grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah, I remember how he puts it on the pan, and then he like puts his fingertips on it and like wiggles it around a little bit. Yeah, and this was pre-COVID, so it was okay for him to touch something that was going to go in someone else's mouth. Yeah, I thought. That with that clip that you sent, I did think about that. With that pasta clip, I was like, 
it, it just grosses me out now to think people could touch uh, food yeah, and like I, I don't know how I'm gonna touch people or relate to people anymore yeah. now. <laughs> I just don't. I can't. I, I know, can't imagine a touching a single other person. <laughs> me either. No, I know it's really bad, and, and like this whole, I just watch movies now, and just people walk down the street, and I'm like, bro, forgot his mask, and then I'm like, oh no, wait, the world wasn't always this nightmarish. Yeah, but it, it doubles down for no. food preparation. It, it's true. in my dreams, even I'm carrying a mask around, and oh, sure, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and so there'll be like scenes where people are like sharing cigarettes or something, and I remember how I used to share my vape at like open mics. We I used to suck down again. each other's vapes all day. Never again. <laughs> never. I don't want to share blunts nope. with anybody. Yeah. Um, Everybody you know, needs their own joints. I might still share alcohol. Mm-hmm. I feel like alcohol ke- kills everything. It'll kill it. <laughs> so as long maybe, as it's like hard enough, maybe, high enough percentage. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's good to know because I always spit in my beer before I give anybody else a taste. <laughs> so. I'm just glad I haven't been endangering people. So this movie's got some sexy food preparation. That's my note. Ooh, <laughs> you're taking notes. Yeah, Very if, good. what if you, you at any point? Because I got, I got, I got to be You are the most professional we've ever had. There's a scene where John Favreau is angry, and he's like angry, stir frying octopus, and. That was pretty cool. And then there's a scene where John Leguizamo is dancing and marinating pork in a moho. And like, yeah, it made me a little horny. You know, John Leguizamo's <laughs> not a terrible looking man. He's, he's small. He's a spinner. Mm-hmm. Kind of into it. Um, but my main argument that I want to talk about <laughs> is um, the scene that I sent to Dicey for you to watch is there's a scene in the movie, the most titillating thing in the world, because it is... He cooks pasta for Scarlett Johansson after they have had sex. Much more on that later. Just don't worry. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about how improbable it is that he did not crush her while they fornicated. Um, But um, so she's uh, it's a sexy scene. It's a really playful, fun scene. So it's pasta alielio. Right. It's it's a. it's a vegetarian pasta. You can both enjoy it. It's olive oil, tons of garlic, tons yes. of um, mm-hmm. parsley, red pepper flake, and parsley. lemon sauce. It's so much parsley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much parsley. And so he makes this scene while she's sitting in bed post-coitus, and she's just wearing a big t-shirt. You know why the t-shirt's big. Hey, Johnny. And she just eye-fucks this pasta. Like, sultry, and, like, she's got, like, just, like, this, like, almost like a sexy Kubrick look on her face where she's kind of like, oh, damn, this pasta. (laughs) She really, she looks at that pasta like a horny college student on spring break who accidentally switched his Adderall with Viagra. He looks, she looked at that pasta that <laughs> Shelby would look at a middle-aged man with a full head of hair who desperately needs her emotional yeah. support. Um, she basically looks yeah. at the pasta the way that <laughs> I would right. look at Matthew Reese line dancing. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. very, she... <laughs> <laughs> we have specific tastes here. We have very specific tastes. Um, mine is a sad Welsh man with cowboy boots. I thought it was crazy that that his bedroom was in the kitchen. You know, like he had, it was <laughs> like, or it seemed, what, wasn't it the same? It seemed yeah. like he had way more in his kitchen. Like he, the kitchen was just 
And then just this, this little bed, you know, and she was sitting there just he, like, but I just noticed all that parsley. I couldn't get over it. <laughs> so he's in like a studio apartment. That pasta he's in like a, has got to be really good. <laughs> it's working out for I him. I know. I know. It's it's a studio apartment in Venice. It's like the bedroom is the bedroom area is so close to the kitchen because like you can tell he's outfitted to have a nice kitchen, which mm. is total bullshit because oh no chefs have nice kitchens at home, especially well, not none of them, the rich ones do, but he lives in a studio apartment in Venice. He's not rolling in dough. So like he would yeah. never have that nice of a kitchen at home because they don't cook at home. They cook in restaurants. But that's a sexy scene. And then she takes a bite of it and it just looks like Really good. And I will, I know that that was a lot of parsley for you, but I will tell you both that I did make this pasta one time for a lady friend. After the, after you saw the movie? Oh yeah. Even, not even just after the movie. It was even after that, uh, that YouTube series, that binging with Babish cooked it. So then I knew how to do it. Mm. Um, so I'm like mm-hmm. unoriginal three times over, but so I made it for this girl <laughs> and it turns out this girl can't taste garlic. She just has like a weird food thing. She cannot taste garlic. She does not taste it or smell it. So I made her this pasta and then she's like, oh yeah, it's good. But it basically just tastes like olive oil and parsley. Like you kind of need the garlic in there to make it worth it. Cause there's like, Whoa. like 14 cloves of garlic in that pasta dish. So, um, God, sexy. Uh, my Italian ancestors are crying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's fucked up. She, right. She's not happy about it. What a terrible disability. That's worse than like being in a wheelchair or being blind. Cut this out. I hate this bit. But yeah, disability. No, I'm not going to cut it out because this friend listens to this podcast. So I'm keeping this all in. But yeah, so that's the so there's lots of food porn in this movie, and uh, Scarlett Johansson sexily slurps down pasta, and that's pretty titillating. Yeah. That is definitely mildly arousing. I I agree with that. I think that, yeah, there is some titillating f- shots of food. Si- I mean, there's a sound, the sizzling sounds for some reason give you like little shivers of excitement. Oh, for sure. I can, yeah. Yeah, food is, and now Dicey has convinced me, food is sexy. You it's really at, well, at the very journey. least, it's titillating. At yeah. the very least, it's titillating. Yeah. Sure. That's good. Um, You know yes. what's... Thanks. You know what else is titillating? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Naked people in in sex scenes in TV shows. (laughs) So let's talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, Just so much known HBO already known for all of the naked ladies they like to put on their shows, right? Like that's what you go to HBO for. Thankfully, since that since Game of Thrones came out. I do believe they've sort of upgraded a little bit. There's not as much like male gaze dominated. I mean, of course, it all still is male gaze dominated stuff, but they've they've moved it back a little bit. Mostly, uh, you know what? Dicey, the only season of Game of Thrones that you've seen, season seven, only had six naked people in it. And it was 50% women, 50% men. What hmm. growth from season one where they had <laughs> 33 naked people? <laughs> wow. 88% women, 12% men. And this is counting um, women either like having nipple, uh, butt, or genitals bared, and for men having butt or genitals bared. Mm. So, do you- they didn't show male genitals a lot, did they? 
They did not. No. In Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, yeah. not very often. Anyway, On, and not a lot. A little through, bit. Actually, in season two, out of the sixteen naked people, there was zero male nudity. It was all women. Um, and then, yeah, season three, seventy-nine percent women, twenty-one percent men. Season four, ninety-one percent women, nine percent men. Uh, season five, sixty-eight percent women, thirty-two percent men. Oh, it's even it out a little bit. But then we go back to season six, ninety-one percent women, nine percent men again. <laughs> but they even it out in season seven. They're like, let's not have as much uh nudity people are complaining about it now because it seems gratuitous and you know what it is post me too yes and it was, and it was. yeah so look. yeah that's one of the reasons i didn't watch i mean sure. it, i i knew a lot of the content the way that the content was and i was like yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm not into heavy. you know <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely was but where were black people then you know what i mean like I, I always, sometimes Absolutely. those shows, I just can't figure out where we fit in. And so it's just like not yes. even fun watching them. And know? I love I, that question because people, okay, people will be like, where where are the black people? Where are they? And then people will talk about, well, it's a fantasy world. And like, you know, there's different people and different things. And it's like, yeah, it's Fuck a fucking you. fantasy world, which exactly. means they made it up, which means dragon. they decided there were no black people there. Like, it's like... <laughs> so fucked yeah. up there's no historical accuracy it's yeah. not history it's a fantasy world everything is exactly how they decided it would be um and that that goes to mm -hmm. like all all of the influence of the of the show which the show known for all of the nudity all the sex people write articles about this titillating game of thrones show you know when it was first coming out and people will be like oh but that's just for tv they'll blame it on t they're like oh it's just tv what they don't realize is that the source material is also written by a giant creep named george rr R. martin who is not <laughs> it's not like he was writing with historical accuracy in mind either again it's a fantasy world, which leads me to the most interesting fact that I have about Game of Thrones, having read the books, and I don't think anyone else talks about this, which is that in one of the books, okay, Danny is having, like, there's some kind of, like, celebration. She's holding court. It's when she's the queen of whatever in, in the other, across the sea. Um, so there are actually some not white people and you know what George R. R. Martin has decided to do is show these not white people, um, doing their like, you know, a kind of dance. They do a dance to honor Danny. There's like this big presentation, right? It's a dance. And you know what the dance is? It's people literally having sex. So in the books, there is a scene where there are guys, <laughs> male dancers with, erections and they're dancing somehow with erections that's got to be difficult to keep an erection while you're dancing because like blood flow nope. no you're, you're like no it's good it's easy and Super then easy. At you the just gotta be dancing dance, to the right song right okay uh tina turner usually does it the climax of the dance is that the female dancers leap onto the erect penises of the male dancers <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing your face, and yes, that is the correct face to have in response to that, Dicey, because it's insane, Dicey. and why are people talking about this? Am I the only one who remembers this scene from the books? And they actually, they didn't 
go as far to put that in the show, which honestly is kind of surprising. But that stupid. might have taken it Fucking over stupid. the hump from from titillating to just pornographic. But no, that's Cirque du Soleil <laughs> shit, though. Like we could include that in there. Come on. What aim you must have to land your vagina at, on a at penis? Least, at least five percent of those dudes are getting their boners broke that night. Exactly. I, I don't care. I don't care how much training, how, how many months or years you've put into it. There's some broken dicks. That's kind of unbelievable. It is. And I think maybe George R. R. Martin doesn't know how sex works. So, because, <laughs> like, that's not, like, possible. Clearly. <laughs> Shelby, I also realized while you were talking that if John Favreau lets himself keep going in this direction, he's going to look like George R. R. <laughs> R. Martin in about 25 years. <laughs> I like how George R. R. Martin sometimes wears a little sailor hat and suspenders. <laughs> he just looks like a, an old ship captain. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like an old ship captain, though, who's never actually been a captain. Right. He just tells people he had been. <laughs> He's just a guy who hangs out in the pub, and people are like, oh, that's the captain. And, like, the newcomers yep. are like, oh, did he yep. captain a boat? They're like, no, we just call him that. He thinks he captained a boat, and... <laughs> we just let him go. He has some weird ideas. He thinks he thinks that people can just he thinks sex is just jumping onto an erect penis from while standing. This is all happening while standing, by the way. <laughs> standing? How does that work? So you read the books too. <laughs> I did. I'm a big old nerd. I love fantasy novels. Um so I read I read a lot of them. I read the books like before the show. It's it's very different, but but the different when people blame all of the nudity and and weird women stuff on just the TV show, it's like no, that's in the source material too. <laughs> Don't yeah, forget for sure. that George R. Martin is like a child who thinks that sex is done standing up by people who just leap onto the penis. So <laughs> oh, I was hoping I was hoping you were just gonna stop and it has sex standing up, and it's like Shelby didn't know that that was some possible. people can have sex standing up. <laughs> Not me. That seems like too much work. I don't like sex yeah. enough for that. Yeah, it's <laughs> Although, if you didn't work out for the day, that might... Maybe, know. yeah, that would be... Fair, like, fair. Be you more calories. That's a good uh, point. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not much of a shower guy. Too much standing up. <laughs> well, all that to say, mostly I wanted to talk about this show being titillating because I had to share that fact about that dance sex fair. scene. Yeah. with somebody because it's really just been bottled up inside me since i read this book and watched what the show. book is that in um you know what i think it's in dance with dragons the fifth one okay but doesn't matter i was yeah. just curious yep i hmm. anyway. i'm thinking about it i mean i'm thinking about it are you thinking about it because i'm thinking about it anyway back to the show it's titling enough that someone actually you know, went through and figured out how many naked people there were in each season and gave a breakdown. I mean, this is Sarah David on Vice wrote this article. Thanks, so, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, <laughs> so it is a very titillating show. You got a lot of naked, you know, ladies especially. And uh, there we go. But mostly just keep in your mind that that George R. R. Martin creep sex scene. We've got sexy pasta and terrifying leaps of genital penetration right right both both are titillating (laughs) for different reasons i'm not saying one's better than the other i'm just making sure i'm on page here 
if anyone listening to this has also remembers that scene and wants to talk to me about it, please email us at contestofcontent at gmail.com because I need to discuss this. Anyway, I think we and should make move sure on you... to Battle yeah. 2. Oh, y'all are funny. Just wait till y'all hear these <laughs> I can't notes. Wait. I cannot wait to hear your notes. Oh my god, I'm so excited for the judgment round. <laughs> Unrealistic <Very> couple. <laughs> We're getting into mm. it. So, Game of Thrones. The most unrealistic couple. We've got, luckily, Dicey, you've seen this, Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. Mm. Never met before, but ostensibly sort of the main characters in the earlier season. Mm-hmm. Like, throughout this, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we know something's building to something there. They'll probably have to get together story-wise, um, and what the show decided to do is just have them get together in a way that doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for them None. to be romantically involved. They have no chemistry Stupid whatsoever. Um, they, it's, it's just kind of nonsensical how to force this relationship to happen, everyone's personalities change Jon Snow is all about he's like I won't bend the knee and he's like okay I'll bend the knee for her and then she's like you know I'm not gonna marry a king like I gotta keep my throne safe and then she's like okay but he my nephew uh because he is her nephew she's like okay but I we're, we're gonna risk everything all of everything we've worked for for this love that Viewers have no idea why I cannot see the chemistry between them at all. But apparently they're making all of these decisions based on their love. She risks the life of her dragon. One of her dragons, one one of her children dies because of his plan. And she doesn't care, I guess, anymore. White people love dragons. (laughs) That's true. We do. We do love dragons. (laughs) I said, is this a dragon? And the, she has pet They're dragons. Just her pets. This is why I didn't watch the show until the last season in Joshua Tree with yeah. the crazy white people. And, you and you're right for that. You, I think you're right you're for so that. Right. I hate how correct you are. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, these people don't. It doesn't make sense. What would make sense? A strictly political marriage. They're like a political marriage mm-hmm. that gradually maybe turns into a friendship and then, uh, you know, maybe they'll hook up at some point. But the way they get I mean, together, they just super fast with all this, you know, they tell us there's all this passion and they love each other. It's like we don't see that at all. They seem to barely know each other or like each other. And <laughs> also, why would they spend so much time together? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. All that to go down to he also calls her Danny. Which I know outside of the show, fans call her Danny, right? But in the show, everyone calls her Daenerys, except for her brother, who was horribly oh abusive toward her to the point okay. where she fucking killed him. And yet, Jon Snow calls her Danny, the same nickname that her abusive brother called her. And she's just like, I like it now. <laughs> it's like supposed love. to be sweet. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be like, that's supposed to do like two seasons worth of emotional labor of right. telling their story of how they come together. And it's like, uh, it was abusive before, but now. 
But You're no, right. that sucks. we fixed it. Okay, but how? You didn't do anything. This couple is entirely unrealistic, very unsatisfying. Which Dicey, I'm really curious. You you seem to enjoy the watching this last season with the with all of your crazy white people friends. And <laughs> this the last season to people who watched the whole show was kind of like, well, that was disappointing. So it's interesting to see like if you only watched the last season, that's all you got. Yeah, it was. And um and everybody that I remember watching it with they were so disappointed they were really you know and it kind of affected their mood the rest of the trip and I was like you know what (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) I did not sign up for this and that okay so that is the crux of my argument that this couple was so unrealistic that it ruined Dicey's Joshua Tree trip it's a. It's supposed to be too many mushrooms <laughs> that do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Not white people in their dumb yeah. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Or a cat. And guess what? They funny. were sober white people. On top of that, it what? was even worse. I don't even. The worst type. I don't even know those. <laughs> I've never even met one. It seems like sober white people. That should be an oxymoron. You know, like there's. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's one hundred percent true. Any. <laughs> Well, that's my argument. All right, yeah, that's an unrealistic couple. Yeah, that did suck. Everything about the, honestly the last two seasons. We could just talk for the rest of this podcast about the things that, because I'm a white person, that bothered me about the last two seasons of the of Game of, of Thrones the show. But yeah, that was very unrealistic. <laughs> oh, one more point. I don't know if you ever watched the like talkbacks after the episode where David Benioff and DB Weiss. Now, there is a realistic couple, as in they're both the most deadpan, like, completely <laughs> completely devoid of enthusiasm or personality <laughs> in their voices, <laughs> and they're both just talking about, so then we decided that because there was information that was hidden, we would have this scene take place in a cave, and they're just explaining, like, the the basic things about the show and like these complete they look like they haven't slept in 10 years and they're just like the most monotone mm-hmm. voices hilarious i hate i think that i saw a couple of those there that's the best part of the episode to me like watching those and seeing mm-hmm. like yeah these guys they that is very realistic that these guys work together <laughs> Yeah. I hate that I even know what scene you're talking about <laughs> that they were talking about in the cave. Like, those fucking jerks. Like, I know what you're talking about. I hate it. I'm not happy. All right. Unrealistic couples for the movie Chef. Kind of the whole reason you pick Chef if your category is unrealistic couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing about this movie, at its like sprightly one hour and 40 minute runtime, I have two unrealistic couples to talk about not just one so i need to point out from the start that john favreau wrote and directed this movie for him to star in Mm -hmm. and he you know and he cast all his friends like everyone in this movie a lot of the uh we've got a couple marvel mcu people because john favreau directed iron man one and two so that's why robert downey jr has a cameo in it that's why scarlett johansson has a little bit part in it um so he's like, you know, bringing his friends on. And in the process of making this movie, John Favreau said, in this world, I have sex with Scarlett Johansson and Sophia Vergara. Like, just, yeah, I could end my argument here, really, I feel like. And it would just be about as, mm-hmm. like, the same amount of, but, so that's just, that's what happened. Um, quick question. Anyone who feels comfortable answering, is John Favreau attractive? I'm gonna. I think 
talent is attractive to women. Yes. Okay. And That's fair. Yes. I know a, I used to work for a really, really uh, famous chef. Mm-hmm. And he had, he was, he was very big, very big dude with, with the tattoos you're talking about, which is hilarious, but a knife he had a very, right I say as I have stupid tattoos. Yeah. All, yeah. All of that stuff, you know, his, his girlfriend or fiance at the, whatever she was to him was gorgeous mm-hmm. and he was just gross, but the food, I mean, you know, <laughs> can you trust the skinny chef? I don't know. Fuck you, Giada De Laurentiis. Yeah. I'm coming for you. <laughs> That's a good point. So I I do think personality is more attractive than than physical. However, I also don't like John Favreau's personality. So <laughs> I would say no. I you both actually bring up fantastic points, and I thank both of you for your adept <laughs> observations. So 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 here's the thing. I 100 percent understand that. A, a that a talented chef having sex with the executive chef of a restaurant having a sexual relationship with the lead front of house kind of like a uh, leading person wait staff that's what scarlett johansson is in the movie she works at the same restaurant and she's like lead front of house Th- that like power sort of dom- you know uh dynamic like that makes sense that is not unrealistic but while dicey i agree with you still shelby though like John Favreau sucks in this movie. Yeah. He's a dick. He's a whiny, woe-is-me baby who just, like, cries and pisses and moans. And all Scarlett Johansson does is just support him nonstop. All any woman does in this movie is support the fuck out of him for no apparent reason other than he cooks pasta good. That's totally true. And when I watched the movie, that was the thing that that stood out to me. I'm like, why would... Why would Sofia Vergara take him back? There was no reason for her to do nope. that. Nope. Nope. And it's like all Scar and right now, like even just Scarlett Johansson, so they work together and they fuck sometimes and it's like they said like we're not gonna do it anymore, but then like they cook. So like I get he's a good cook and I get that that can't be sexy and it's definitely titillating, haha. But like she has to like stroke his fragile ego and like you're supposed to expect that she's gonna be wet after that i'm sorry uh-uh she's scarlett johansson like you can either look like him and be super talented and a cool dude and fuck her or you could be like a whiny little bitch who sucks but like man you look good so you can still ride that thing down to you know flavor town to bring guy fieri into it she she's so supportive and at one point she says, you don't belong here anymore. You've been ignoring a lot of things in your personal life, like your son. And I just want you to be happy. And you're not happy. Nah, man. He gives nothing to her. And she is like, yeah. speaking of being way too supportive, Sophia Vargara, who I did Google her name three different times today to make sure I was saying it right. Because she's got a difficult... Vargara Vargara. That's how you say it. <laughs> they don't even explain. They never explain why they were together originally. It's just they have a kid together. And she's mm-hmm. she just I just I wrote in all caps. Stop coddling him many times yeah. while watching this movie because she's so supportive. She forgives him for being a terrible father. All she does is just help him out. And like she introduces him to Robert Downey Jr. who buys her a food who buys him a food truck. And he's never says thank you. And um, my favorite part is they go to uh, New Orleans together or something like that. And 
Cause she has job, she has work to do. So she's like, you come with and I'll pay you to babysit our son. And he's like, what? Oh, so now I'm the fucking nanny. And it's like, no, you're just a terrible father. Yeah. Why would she go? And then the movie ends with them getting back together. What a low bar for men. Just like <laughs> yeah, getting paid. Yeah. Imagine getting paid to watch her own kid. <laughs> That's literally what happens in the movie. She's so successful and like powerful and got her shit together as a single fucking mom that she can pay her deadbeat shithead husband to babysit their child while she pays for him to go on a trip to, to Florida. It's to Florida, not to New Orleans. They go to New Orleans later. That made me mad. I can see why. Yeah. And so at the end of the movie, they end up together, which is super irritating. Um, but like, you know how it's like, so it's like, I guess they got married twice or it's like they got remarried or maybe they never were married the first time, but now they're getting together. And to me, it feels like the exact opposite, like the exact polar opposite of when um, parents say that they didn't get divorced because of you. You know what I mean? They're like, right. it's not your fault. We didn't get divorced because of you. This is more like, no, this is your fault. We love you very much, but this is your fault that I'm back with your father. You know what I mean? Like, this is all the child's fault. That poor child. That poor kid. And I want you to know that I had to fight to not say that in Sofia Vargara's accent. And I didn't because <laughs> I'm a good person. You might get more yeah. points if you do, though. She's assigning points, Nick. Look, we love you very much, but yes, it's your fault. I'm back with your father. There we go. <laughs> That's actually now pretty canceled. good. Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't terrible. Did you terrible. watch like a, an episode of Modern Family? To <laughs> Speaking of more unrealistic couples, why can't she fuck hot dudes on TV shows? Doesn't matter. Last part of my argument. These are the people that Sofia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson have fucked and dated in real life. Yeah. Sofia Vergara has dated Tom Cruise, Craig really? David, Enrique Iglesias. Wow. And now she's married to another person whose name I had to Google how to say, Joe Man Manganello. Manganello. Yeah. Do you guys know? Wow. Do you know who Joe he, Manganello is, Dicey? From from Magic Mike. Mm -mm. <laughs> He's the dude from, from Magic what? Mike who's taller and buffer than Channing Tatum. Oh, okay. She he married is the Magic, the magic Mike fuck. dude. I know exactly who he is. Not the main Magic Mike dude. The, the Magic Mike dude who is arguably hotter mm -hmm. than Magic Mike. Yeah. He was on True right. Blood. He is. He definitely yeah. is. For sure. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know his name. He was Flash in the original in the in the first uh, Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Huh. How about uh, that? <laughs> in case you were curious about that, Scarlett Johansson has dated or been rumored to have dated Josh Hartnett. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sean Penn. Ew. Justin Timberlake, Jared Leto, and she was married to Ryan Reynolds, who yeah might be the best man ever <laughs> why yeah mm. let's get some let's get some ex expound he's on that, beautiful please. he's okay. a good father his tweets are hilarious <laughs> okay the trifecta so i will say i am um very cool and beautiful also and i have that's true hooked up with multiple mm -hmm. guys who had just like a mattress on the floor so i do think that <laughs> there is some realism to you know very cool attractive ladies um coddling and hooking up with deadbeat undeserving guys so shelby i agree <laughs> 
<laughs> you are 100% right. Actually, actually, and I'm so happy because you actually bring up a point really quick that I want to bring up is um, I would like to reiterate that I don't think that John Favreau, I don't, it's partially unrealistic because he does look like a big Jewish armoire with curves, but um, it's not, it's not that that makes it so unrealistic. It's more of his personality because, but because yeah. I am a fan of the doughier, rounder man having, you know, physical relationships with women who are more classically beautiful. Like me personally, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I have a vested interest and that sort of thing. Kind of like a like a Jesse Pleman's typed body, you know? Like I fully support someone like him meeting his Kirsten Dunst. Dicey, do you know who Jesse <laughs> Pleman's is? Mm-mm. Jesse Pleman's is an actor who's actually like a really good actor and I really like him. He's in Fargo and he was in Judah and the in the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah, Judah, the <laughs> Jewish bad guy. He's very doughy. Just, I just wanted everyone to know my support of, of the doughy white man. And I found this song. Okay, you made a song. Oh, you found a song. Okay, cool. Jesse Pleman's body. Jesse Pleman's body. It's round. Jesse Pleman's body. Jesse Pleman's body. Jesse Pleman's body. It's dope. That's it. That's good. I'm amazed that someone out there. I found that song. You you found someone who admires Jesse Pleman's body as much as you do. (laughs) Maybe more, because I didn't write the song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We believe that. We definitely believe Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Yeah, so so there. I'm done. Thank you. Okay, great. Unrealistic couple. That's my argument about unrealistic couples. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, baby xylophone. I thank you. Okay, so that means we're we're on to battle three. We're almost yeah. We're almost battles. done. We're almost through the battle. I can't believe it. This has been fun. <laughs> this has been very ridiculous. More ridiculous than usual, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Last battle. Animals doing human things. I'm so excited for the notes. Okay. So at its heart, Chef, even though it's food porn, even though it was basically an excuse to do food porn. The movie's actually about a father and a son bonding. And that's nice. That's a, that's a good mm-hmm. emotional through line for a movie. Bonding with your children is definitely a thing that humans do, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, I bonded with my parents when I was a kid. My dad did, you know, my parents were like adults and humans, and we bonded together. Like, my dad and I, we would watch movies together, and we would make jokes, and he would tell me things like that he liked when he was a kid, like the Three Stooges or like having sleepovers with his best friend, Maddie Bag of Donuts. <laughs> and uh, when I was a kid, my mom and I bonded by her uh, subconsciously dumping all of her anxieties and fears about prioritizing the capitalist nightmare that is our society well over trying to lead a life uh, with any sort of pursuits that might actually lead to me being happy or like self-fulfilled or like, you know, be able to like sleep fully at night. That's how we bonded. Nick, are you, are you okay? I'm fine. But um, but yeah. So uh, that's some um, <laughs> things that humans do, right? Right. But the thing is, is John Favreau in this movie, he cannot bond with his son unless there's meat involved or okay. some type of animal product. Okay. So like, he makes him a grilled cheese sandwich. 
they 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 uh they make a bunch of cubano sandwiches together which is made of pork butt which is technically from the shoulder in case you were curious but they call it pork butt uh they uh eat beignets that have a lot of butter in them and they go to a famous a famous like kansas city barbecue place and they eat brisket which is from a cow and then that's how they bond together because John Favreau is a terrible parent and he won't relate to his child unless things he likes are involved. And the yeah. movie doesn't seem to realize this, which is the problem with me. But so actually John Favreau isn't bonding with his children. He's not doing any of the emotional like legwork here. It's just these animals. Like this cow has to get murdered and oh, butchered. I see where you're going. Not only does it have to get raised in like a factory farm, probably doesn't get enough space, get enough grass, and then it gets slaughtered, which like, thank you for your sacrifice. Like, I understand I eat meat, so I'm not like, I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but like, you know, like, but you want it to be whatever. But then not only that, it's dead. And then it gets cooked and basted for like 14 hours. And then it's got to be like, talk to your son about his day. Like, he's got to like, try to help John <laughs> Favreau have a conversation with his fucking kid. Like, this pork, it looks delicious. The Cubano sandwiches are one of my favorite sandwiches, but, like, it's not that pig's job to get Jon Favreau to spend time with his kid. He should just do that on his own. So why are, why are all these animals and the women in his life, why are they doing all this human stuff? Normally, like, therapists help you work with your emotional baggage or, like, talking to friends help you deal with your emotional baggage. No, Jon Favreau puts it all on refined fats and dairy and uh, fatty meats. Mm. So those animals are just pulling double time over here. Does that make sense? Did I do an argument? Yeah, is that the emotional work of connecting to his child, figuring out how to connect to his child, is not being done by Jon Favreau, but by the, uh, the flesh of animals that they're eating together. Very interesting, you know, deep... Uh, reading into that in a in an interesting way. I like that, Nick. Dicey, what do you think about? Do you think that argument tracks? Yeah, I think that um, what I think is happening here is Nick is getting a lot off of his chest. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think he's gonna make a great father himself. Oh, thank you um, so much. That's, that's to, a, to a healthy baby pig. <laughs> No, but yeah, it's interesting your your take on um and I should have watched the movie, but you didn't did you you no, sent it to no. me yesterday, I think. Or yeah, I said yeah, I I sent you the clip to the to the to the little Yeah, I wish scene. now yeah. now it's I'm on Netflix. Gonna... It's 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 okay. It's not great. You really don't need to watch it. Okay. It's not going to change your life or anything. Yeah. But um but yeah, but all the scenes that they I should have like kind of made it more all the scenes where him and his son bond, it is like only when they are cooking food or like when his son is showing a lot of interest in like how to do this in the restaurant or how to do this with this dish on a certain level it's sweet and you're like oh they're bonding and at the end of the movie he finally does the right thing and is like oh i'll be in your life more but like it takes him a long time and all the scenes that like they really are bonding it's because he's showing him different types of food and i'm not saying that's not a bonding experience for a father and son to have but it's just like Maybe the son didn't like cooking a lot. Like maybe he likes golf or maybe right. he likes anime. Like 
Like maybe he likes these other mm-hmm. things that maybe they could also talk about sometimes, but the son is just pigeonholed into only being able to really talk to his dad about cooking. So he's not really, he's not Imagine like trying, that kid, I feel like. Yeah. If, if that kid wasn't interested in cooking or food at all, then, <laughs> then John Favreau in that movie would never have bonded with his child. No. If his son was kosher, they never would have fucking had a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think that is a good argument, Nick. I like it. I, Thank it's you. Creative. Thanks. I, I, I gave it. I gave it. Uh, I gave it. I gave it my best. Um, thank you. Uh, I talked to my therapist about it for like three <laughs> sessions. So. Good. No, good. I'm glad. Okay. Well, done. Game of Argument. Game of Thrones also has plenty of animals doing human things, and that main human thing that they're doing is acting. Animal actors. <laughs> acting is not for animals. What are you doing, <laughs> these poor creatures? But Aww. in a lot of TV shows and movies, of course, there's all of these animal actors. One of the animal actors in Game of Thrones is Bart the Bear Jr. from Season 3, Episode 7, The Bear and the Maiden Fair, in which some bad guys throw Brienne of Tarth, played by Gwendolyn Christie, into a pit with a bear that's attacking her. Now, usually you'd think that, you know, you, you just use CGI or something, right? Do the CGI. You don't want to put your actor in a room with a bear. But they did. They did do that. And they had like an a Gwendolyn Christie's just a fucking G. Well she's she was she's just pretty fine awesome, but she even said that she was kind of afraid of the bear. Which, yeah, it makes sense. Why use a real yeah, bear? Just her. let the actors act. It's what they're trained to do. You don't need to actually terrify them with a real fucking bear who could kill them at any moment. They're actors. Whatever. Anyway, they had like an electrified fence between the bear and the actors that they like edited out. But seriously, that seems like if you're having to put up an electric fence to protect people from a bear, maybe don't do that. Maybe you shouldn't have an animal, a real animal on. That can't be good for the bear. But this bear, Bart the Bear Jr., named after Bart the Bear, another animal actor, actually had some very human qualities. Now, when Gwendolyn Christie talked about filming that scene and um, the bear itself, she said that it had its own trailer and it had to be in in location in Los Angeles for two weeks ahead of time to acclimatize. It needed to have country (laughs) and Western music playing at all times to soothe it. All right, and when it was this bear just sounds like my uncle right i mean this will sound even more like your uncle when the bear was good it was fed cream in a frying pan with a really long handle this is my uncle yeah and when it came out from its trailer you had to give it a round of applause that is all the diva bear that was where did you see this 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 was so i believe she i believe this was an interview with like james corden or something um but i found it in an article on on cinema blend uh about this bear having to have its own trailer having to have country western music playing is the most baffling the bear didn't want country western music playing can we just like admit that that wasn't what the bear wanted some person wanted that for the bear the bear totally preferred Kesha. Right, but the bear wanted totally to denied. listen to like some like chill vibes 
uh, R&B or something. And the, like instead they're throwing this country western music. Had to be controlled with food, of course. Why? Why? Why would they even cast a real bear? I just... Wild. Anyway, the most human thing that this bear does... And definitely, I think, as a comedians, we can all agree with this, is that when it comes out from its trailer, you had to give it a round of applause. And I think that would be in my rider if I were. Uh, <laughs> right. I would. Yeah. So I think that's a very human quality in this diva bear. But really, it comes down to why use a real bear at all? Why are animals acting? at all and i don't want to get i mean maybe i'm gonna get attacked by like animal trainers or whatever i get it if it's like a dog you know that's your pet dogs love making people happy bears mm-hmm. bears don't want to be <laughs> no. there bears do not want to be there yeah that's true so acting true. in game of thrones is literally the most human thing that a bear has ever done did did they say which country artist the bear wanted to hear no, they didn't specify, but I'm thinking like, okay, so they said country Chris Gaines, but not Garth Brooks. <laughs> Wait, but Chris Gaines was more like pop. So yeah. when they say country western, it's Bear weird. It's, at first I was like, maybe it's like Keith Urban or something. He's a... Uh, Johnny Cash, yeah, just real like basic John- about it. I mean, that makes me like the bear a little more if it's like into Johnny Cash. But if it's just listening mm-hmm. to like, you know, Tim McGraw, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this bear. Um, that's my argument. I like I, I like this bear. Yeah. I mean, I do like this bear. I don't want to hang out with him in a way that would bother him. But like, if he wanted to like smoke a joint and listen to Hank Aaron together, yeah. I would do it. <laughs> no, that's a that's a bass play. That's a baseball player. You, yeah, I think <laughs> you think of Hank Williams, maybe. Yes. Um. Yes. I actually Maybe don't Hank know. Maybe Aaron's made some made some good records. I don't know. You would be eating cream out of a frying pan with your bear friend. I could see wow. that yeah. for sure. I could do it. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. That's my argument. That's all three of them. We good got job. three through Great. three of them. We so did it. Dicey. If you have any more questions, get them in now before we go to our break. That's it. So that's all the. Qu- I don't have any questions. Okay. You you know Perfect. your own mind. You've been, You've been taking diligently notes the taking time. notes this whole time. Exactly. Yes. So we're going to go to break, and then when we come back, it's going to be dicey time. Yay! Wow. Scarlet, that was incredible. That was, that was, that was, that was mind-blowing. Gosh, I'm... I'm hungry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into the kitchen real quick over here. Yeah. Do you, do, do you want me to cook you something? Do you want me to make? You want me to make you like some pasta? Like a nice light pasta dish, maybe? Like some, ooh, like some pasta aglio. I don't know. Are, are, are you hungry? I could do something else. Maybe like some fish. I got some great halibut. It's super fresh. I could do like a crudo. Yeah. Yeah. I got some cados and ah, this serrano blueberry compote. It's super bright. Maybe. Maybe something like that, or maybe something heavier. I don't know, squab. Or I could do like I could do like some chicken thigh drumettes with like uh, it's a little more playful, you know. Maybe whip together a, a blue cheese aerated mousse. Or I don't know, I don't know. What do, what do you think? I don't know. Maybe we could just like go fucking crazy. What if I did like an entire fondue? Get some Gruyere, 
some pecorino, maybe some nice fontina. Ah, that sounds really good. I could slow roast some veggie tornades, butter, and some sesame oils. That would go great with that cheese flavor profile. Hey, uh, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Uh, Scarlet, where'd you Where'd you go? Where's Why's the window open? Why does this keep happening? Yay! Hello! Back. We get to hear all of Dicey's notes. We've been building up to it all episode. Just waiting. Beaded breath. I'm we gotta hear. So I'll be the one to tally up the points too. Do I need to let me get a Yeah, you're you're <laughs> totally in charge of the judging. Like it's you're all the, up to you. You're the referee. Okay. The umpire. Execution of yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Judge, <right>. jury. <laughs> please don't execute us an executioner <laughs> uh, you're all dead <laughs> oh, no. judge judy and executioner. i knew that this would be the way i was gonna go like i should have known yeah that it'd be podcast yeah. related death for me <laughs> so we got shelby mm. and we got nick yes hi all right so oh i love so you did this like by points that's great <laughs> I, well, I'm guessing I'm going to do it. I'm about to tally it up now. I guess it's going to be one point for each unless it was something, Ooh, you know, just okay. to make me, I feel like deserves more. Um, Great. Yeah, however, this is your show. However, so the, the middle-aged man with no hair reference, oh, that was by Nick. I really, your, your, all your analogies, I think, were just, like, very strong. So I'm in this, you know, this whole yeah. thing. So I'm going to give you... Um, a point for the uh -huh. analogies. You kind of won in that aspect, so you get one for that. Um, nice, wow! Thank and you. for making the actual pasta, you know, that was in af mm. after the movie. I just feel like that you you uh -huh. connect it to this movie in a way that oh, you don't yeah. even realize that you know. And so that was that was nice. <laughs> I did. I'm giving you another point. I'm a. I'm a John Favreau-sized man who likes to make pasta. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. He's huge. I'm not. Come on. He seems taller Sorry. than you. He does seem Yeah, that's what I meant. He's just tall. A little taller. Um, Shelby, you actually came out stronger. Um, you, I just, you, oh, you just, you. you did. You just, you came out stronger. I felt like you, I was watching a talk show or something. And like, you were, you, you know, the oh, nerdiness gosh. of your, and, and the way that you, um, <laughs> Yeah, you you came out you came out stronger. You were you were a little more you you so knew accurate. your shit just a little more. It was a little more believable than Nick's, which his was from the heart was heartfelt. But I felt like your deliveries yeah. and stuff was based on fact okay. and like you know. Okay, and so mm -hmm. um, so you get you get a point for that. Um, Thank you so much. You, you, you know, a, another this example of, of you knowing your shit was the statistics. You knew like how many naked bitches. You knew like the exact number. Uh, yeah. of naked people and I, I just I, that, I mean you know you know your shit that's cool so yeah that um, further oh my gosh thank let's you let's see I, I feel like Nick had a, a better sense of the word titillating like he used it the, the way that you used it was okay. a little more believable or mm. just you know uh, so so right now we're at three to one uh -huh. um, for points Nick you're yeah. up Okay. At, at this point or for, um, for round one for, for, round, for round one, one yeah. yeah shelby okay. you um 
you were more expressive and you had a better memory, um, which, you know, <laughs> Thank you. got you, that gets you another point. Um, accurate, oh, accurate, accurate. Unrealistic couple for a chef was a better argument. I, I think was that, I think that might've been a point for mm-hmm. Nick. I'm not sure what that meant. Okay. Um, I, I probably should have categorized these a little differently while I was doing it or thought about that as I was. Nope. You're good. No, you're going in order. It's categorized. Um, and it doesn't have, you know what? I want to give Dicey a point because her hair looks so cute. <laughs> and I want to give her a oh, point looks great. For, <laughs> for taking notes. And I give yes. her another point for and her trellis wall be- behind her. I was, yeah. that's, yeah. I didn't know the word trellis, but I was going to say those plants look great. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I, I got my paper for grading. See? Okay, great. I'm okay, great. Points Sorry. To go along. Um, I know you know. So he knew, you knew the front of the house terms. Uh, you knew like the restaurant terms, which, you know, also makes me um, sympathize and empathize with you for being in LA yeah. and having to work in restaurants. Yeah. That was relatable. I, I felt that. Yeah. Um, now, what's gonna, um, let's see, you knew the actual lines of the movie. <laughs> um, mattress on the floor, Shelby. That was, the, you said that you did with that, that, you know, have had. And first of all, like, yeah, hooray for you because in LA, we just act like all these, all the rich men really want us and they don't. They don't. they don't. They don't. They don't. Like you, you get yours anyway, and yeah. that's admirable. And so you get a point. You get oh, a point for fucking dudes on you. floor mattresses. I, I'm um, glad I got something from it that wasn't a disease. Yeah, right. <laughs> Silver lining. I at one point had like a twin bed in a tiny little efficiency apartment. Had a girl come back, and I was just like, I'm so sorry. You deserve better than this. That's nothing, this is, Nick. This is not what you deserve. I dated a guy who had a twin bed in a bedroom that he shared with his brother, who also had a twin bre- bed on the other side of the, the bedroom. Wow. He had twin bread? A twin they bed. just ate hunks of challah together? Y'all had to get it on in the same room? Or how did that work? <laughs> I don't think we ever... Yeah, that's hot, actually. Look, Tell me about it. I don't it. think we ever did it while... Other people were in the room unless they were mm. sleeping, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but they're brothers, so they have that penis That's connection so where. It, no, it's true though. You can always tell it's... if your brother is having sex because the head of your penis tingles Whoa. a little bit. <laughs> if you're twins, maybe you could feel that. If you're twins, or if you shared a twin bed together. Right. Either way, then you get the penis tingle thing. <laughs> it's just sense. how. Look, it's science. I'm not here. To argue with science. <laughs> well, speaking of having sex, I guess, uh, Nick, you would be a good father. I said that before. Um, and that, that, that's good. That, that gets you a point. Oh, thank you. The bear reference. Hmm, I should have kids. I, I love, yeah, you should. Uh, the bear stuff was amazing, Shelby. Like the fact that that you oh God, those you. facts again that that just that got you another point. Um, yeah, it's great. And facts. what's taking Shelby over the top, and what to me why she won the whole thing is because of the xylophone, the the song, the the Game of Thrones <laughs> song. I just 
I'm yeah, so sorry, I, but uh, I, you you barely oh, tapped your xylophone. xylophone. You barely you barely <laughs> even tapped it. So I'm damn. Gonna, I cannot argue with that at all. Yeah, I'm so Shelby, glad. you deserve to have won oh, based on xylophone you. skills alone. Already. I owe it you did. All to yeah. xylophone. So that, thank thank, thank you, you, baby xylophone. So also, I want to show you something. I want to yes. show baby xylophone something. Yay! Okay, let's. I'm excited. The baby xylophone is, is quivering. So with I have slippers that look just like baby xylophone. <gasps> oh my gosh! It really does look exactly like it. They're like yeah. boxes. They're That's little so boxes. So. <laughs> I yeah, love that. there's so many, there's so many babies who are foxes who also look like xylophones. Uh huh. Dicey. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So what? We got Congratulations, it Shelby. I'm so happy. This has made my weekend. You deserve it. So it's all. This is a great way to. You deserve it. Uh, so yes. what? What? We gotta know what punishment mm. or reward did you come up with for us? So, um. You have to take xylophone lessons on YouTube, uh, Nick, <laughs> for 30 minutes a yep. day, for, just for two days. Love it. That's it. Okay. okay. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> I love and that. And if you, if you need me to find the one that I want you to do, then I can. I can go to look for the xylophone. Yeah. Thing. Well, if you're offering, then yes, yeah. I would like your expertise. Okay, cool. Hey, I'll send you. Should he have a? Should he hold a concert for us too? Like with what he's learned? Yes. Like a we little. Should. A little yes. We should. We should do a follow up. Yeah. Shelby, I was gonna. I was gonna ask like immediately after I was gonna ask you to teach me the Game of Thrones theme song because I want to be able to do that on my side. Yeah, I'll be like, but yes, I love all these ideas. We can do a follow up. Orange. Yes, and <laughs> and since yeah. Shelby's the winner, you have to Venmo her two dollars. Yay! I love money. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, she's she gets that two dollars. That's a fair amount. For being better at baby xylophone, oh I gosh. feel like, like she does deserve money, but like not that much. That's amazing. Yeah, you know. Dicey, Dicey, that's uh, fantastic. I love it. We're gonna do a follow up now. I'm going to serenade both of you, fantastic people, with my new xylophone skills. Yes, please do. What? Uh, please. This is, has been so great, Dicey. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with thank us, you so especially. Much. And I loved seeing your beautiful face on our first like video episode where yes. we actually have video capabilities. I just have one more thing that I'd love for you to help us out with. I have this box okay. of battles for the next episode. I'm going to stick my hand in and you mm -hmm. just let me know when to pull out the next battle. I'm going to do it three <laughs> when times. When to pull out. Yeah, tell That's me when to pull out. <laughs> okay. Now you get to decide for once, Dicey, <laughs> All right. when the pullout happens. Stop. Okay. First one. Don't eat the rich. So we have to defend why we shouldn't eat the richest character. This is a category from Niles Abstin. Thank you, Niles. Okay. Wow, what I, a contrarian, Niles. No, he's great. Niles is great. Okay, battle two. Stop. Biggest anti-mask character. This is also from Niles. He's really making a wow. show on this episode. Oh, come on. Let's get all three. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Last one. Biggest anti-mask character. 
Stop. Okay. Let's see. <clears throat> fashion. Just fashion. From right. Savannah, right. Manhattan, we've got fashion. Oh, nice. Okay. So we've nice. got... She's very good at fashion. Fashion. So. Biggest anti-mask character. And don't eat the rich. We're going to have a lot of fun with that one for sure. Dicey, again, thank you so much. Is there anything you have coming up uh, that you would like our listeners to know yeah. about? This comes out on March 1st. Okay. Well, um, I have, I'm doing Jamar Neighbors apartment show in Austin. If anybody's in Austin on the 5th of okay. uh, March, that's going to be fun. I've been um, doing a lot of the shows with uh, Brian Redband. Um, and his death squad shows in Austin. So I've been averaging like twice a month going out there. So hopefully he'll keep um, putting me on, you know, on those shows and then y'all can see awesome. me there. Uh, and then I'm about to start doing a lot of nail tutorials on Ooh. my, on my, on my Instagram, Facebook, oh, whatever. Cool. I did this wall just so I could yeah. in front of stuff and talk and, you know, so just kind of look out on my page. I'm dicey nice. approved on Instagram. Awesome. Definitely check out Dicey. I'm so excited to see your nail tutorials um, because I... Yeah, me too. I started using like nail stickers where I put like little gold stars on them. And I'm like, this was Uh what a Mm. soothing, like relaxing like task that I did. It's so fun doing nails. It's so relaxing. I loved it. Amazing. I just started painting the nails on my right hand only because I'm left-handed and I'm not that good at it to stop from biting them because the stuff that you put on them that's supposed to taste bad to make you stop biting them doesn't taste bad enough for me. Um, and it's been working. Look, you can see. They look they look kind of oh, nice. Yeah. I can use a fucking tutorial, Dicey. So, and hey, look, I'll show you. Lo- it's not so bad. I did that. I did that. That's so nice. I actually painted this guy's nails last night after after the show. He had nail polish in his, and he he I actually he I think he's one of the owners of the club. Yeah, and he had polish awesome. in his person. He's I mean not his person, his pocket. He's very straight, and he was like, "Can you just can you please paint my nails?" And he bought me a pipe, y'all. He bought me a pipe. Oh, nice! Thank you for the future tutorials. Yes, That's great. Thank you for everything, Dicey. Thank you so much. You Uh, are fantastic. This is fantastic. A great judge. It does not feel like I've been on the phone with y'all for almost two hours. Like, this went by (laughs) so fast. And it was, this is is such a cool premise. And I love y'all's format and how you roll stuff out. And it's it's very engaging and interesting. Thank you so much. You know, we always say, like, our goal was to make a show that would be fun for the guests, and I'm really it. glad that that you had a good time. We've never yeah, considered the you. listener before, but as long as the guest has, <laughs> right. like, like if people <laughs> listen to it, whatever. Fuck that's that, fine. Who cares? The I just want other comedians <laughs> to think I'm nice and fun. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Seriously, um, we're all the uh, count. But luckily, uh, hopefully, people are enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. Please follow yeah, us, us on Instagram, Contest of Content, Twitter, Contest underscore Content. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, email me about that weird scene in Game of Thrones with the sex dance, Contest of Content at gmail.com. And remember, keep arguing with your friends. About that scene in Game yeah. of Thrones where, remember, when they show Hodor's dick? And then the wilding is like, he's a big fella, ain't he? Argue about that. Oh, no. Okay. Well, now you said it. (laughs) 
Thank you, Dicey. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure you check out Dicey and all her comedy and nail tutorials on Instagram at the handle at Dicey Approved. She is the nicest and funniest. And I'm actually here very excited to talk about a new tutorial video I'm releasing later this month called Jumping Your Hole Under Your Partner's Pole, the Game of Thrones Sex Jumping Tutorial Video Series. If you ever wanted to catapult yourself onto your lover's penis or strap-on, just like a Miranese acrobatic sex performer celebrating the ascension of Daenerys, the Queen of Dragons, well now you can! As a sexual trapeze artist myself, I will teach you all the skills and core strength you need to jump effortlessly onto that flesh wand on the first try every time. No more broken bones or boring sexual experiences. Learn how to leap into your sexual future! Our theme music is by Richard Rosenthal and our artwork is by a meth addict I know who only refers to himself as David Bowie in the third person. Thanks!